What's happening, everyone? Welcome to a brand new episode of Total Football Club brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Network. That sounds absolutely beautiful. My name is Alex Perez. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Alex Perez FC. Remember, you can also follow the show on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook at Total Foot Club. You can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube. We are everywhere. Oh, Google Podcasts. No discrimination here. We are everywhere with our podcast. Today, we have an excellent show for you all. We're going to talk about super teams. That's going to be the meat of the show. We're going to talk about super teams. Do they work? Do they not work? Will PSG, the most recent super team in world football, will they succeed in this 2021-2022 season? And we'll end it off with a fun topic about the very famous video game franchise, EA Sports FIFA, but before I can even do that, got to bring on the one, the only, Chris Sued, who's happy again, because Chelsea has three points, three more points in the Premier League. Are they league leaders? I, I kind of heard something. I'm sure they are. Chris, you can probably talk more about that. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, we're back. Top of the table, man. Top of the table. I'm, I'm very happy. It's awesome. It was tough because... It was a weird week in Champions League, but Chelsea are right back on it. So, yeah, I'm a happy man. And before I forget, you guys can follow me on Twitter, Chris, S-O-L-O-D-O-L-O underscore, Chris Solodolo underscore. Wow, you're feeling Um, like Robert Lewandowski with five in a row. There you go. I'm back. There you (laughs) go. There you go. That's awesome, dude. All right, let's start it off. Chris, this past week, what did you watch? What did you see? What did you read? What did you hear? Let us know. Uh, there was a lot of, there was a very interesting week in football. Uh, I saw the Champions League serve up some, some major losses for some big teams. Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Chelsea all took the loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juventus with no Morata and no uh, uh, Paulo Dybala took Chelsea to the sword. Played a great game out in Turin. Uh, Barcelona took three three zip loss to Benfica and Real Madrid took the loss to uh, was it Sharif it was Sharif Sheriff Sher- yeah. yeah Sheriff Tiras Tiras Paul something like they, that those boys played out of their minds man they really played a <laughs> yeah. great and it was so so much fun um, it reminded me of when Ajax made their run and the, maybe because they were wearing the black jerseys or something but <laughs> yeah. they, they, it really reminded me of the, that Hakeem Ziyech Ajax uh, run and it was great it reminded me it, it, it's a reminder of why we love the Champions League right it's, it's why the, it's the, the competition where anything can happen so it was, it was just great it was great to watch and um, it was a lot of drama did you did you get to watch any of those games? I sadly got to watch the highlights of Benfica Barcelona. Um, I mean, we we talked about Barcelona last episode, and and we we made our feelings very clear about this team. They haven't really changed, um, but 
I want to touch on a little bit about what you said about uh, Real Madrid and the Champions League and, and how anything can happen. Poetic justice, because the 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 main the main creator of the Super League, Florentino Perez, or one of the main creators of the Super League, Florentino Perez, said that the Champions League isn't interesting up until the knockout stage, which to an extent I agree with, <laughs> but it was his team that lost to Sheriff Tiraspol. Uh, a team that I believe was founded in 1999 and their squad in total is worth 13 million euros where one of one of Cristiano Ronaldo's boots is worth probably half of that <laughs> you know not obviously Ronaldo doesn't play in Real Madrid anymore but it just it was beautiful And of course, it's always nice to see Real Madrid lose, if I'm being honest. It's always nice to see them lose. I love to see them suffer, even though Barcelona isn't any better. Not even close to, to being to that level. But it's always nice to see Real Madrid suffer, especially in the Champions League. I just hate how they pride themselves on the Champions League being their competition. And when they lose in the Champions League, I have a beautiful day. Always. It's always nice. Fandom aside... It's great to see these types of upsets in the Champions League. And I, I'm not just saying that because it happened to, to Real Madrid. Um, but, yeah, it looked like it, a lot of teams were surprised. Atletico Madrid, they struggle a lot, too, against AC Milan. It took them every single minute of the game to get the result. And sure enough, they pulled it off. Yeah, Antoine Griezmann. Back again, huh? They, if they could figure it out with him and Joao Felix and Suarez, they have enough firepower finally to take that next step. That we don't know if they can get there, but they should have. They have the personnel, so that was a that was a really fun fun match. The second fun match uh, AC Milan has been a part of because their first match yeah. in Liverpool was crazy too. That's a fun little group there. All those, all three of those teams yeah. are like really entertaining in their own way. But, uh, yeah, that's why we love the Champions League, man. I mean, the Super League, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work out, but this is why we love the Champions League is because things like this happen. It's it's still historical. Uh, so, so, all these teams that are in there are full of quality. Sharif, I can't say the name. You've been, you've been nailing it all night, but Sharif – Uh, really played well against Real Madrid, and it's not like Madrid played too poorly either. They were up for it. That um, they just had a crazy shot going on them in, in the last in the last few minutes of the yeah. game. Benfica um, looked up for it. all these. All these teams are really like taking this competition seriously, and, the, and then the stadiums are, are back to, to full capacity. So it's really we're back, and it, it feels great. It's it's really fun to watch this year again. Yeah, absolutely. The fans make a lot of the experience of uh, of watching the game. Um, well, I want to let you. Uh, well, I want to talk to you about some something that I read this week, and I'm sure you're gonna get a good laugh out of this. It's a couple weeks old, but I didn't really do much research until last week, and I read a, an article from Goal.com, which was hilarious. Um, and somewhere in the headline was Suriname. Suriname's Robin Hood. 
that already is very interesting, right? <laughs> you read that and why is that on a soccer website? Who knows? But the person that I am referring to when I say Suriname's Robin Hood is Ronnie Brunswick. Vic? Ronnie Brunswick. He is Suriname's vice president. He also owns a team in in Suriname that plays in, in like the Europa League of CONCACAF, right? And I'm going to try my hardest to pronounce this name right. It is called Inter Mongotapo. I hope I got it right. It sounds right. Somewhat right. If not, someone correct me. Um, but this this guy, the vice president of Suriname, is a character. He is a former bodyguard. He was a leader in a rebel rebel guerrilla. And he's also wanted by the Interpol for drug trafficking. So this dude, I mean, he doesn't really have much of a clean record. Basically, he's he's being searched for around the world for drug trafficking. But he's, he's the vice president of a tiny country in South America. Like, I think everyone knows where he's at anyway. I'm not going to get too much into that. But he is, of course, he loves soccer. And what he did a couple of weeks ago is bizarre, to say the least. I'm pretty sure everyone has seen him. He slotted himself into the starting 11 of that inter Mongotapo team that he owns. He slotted himself... In the starting 11, you saw him, huge belly, that's not just beer, I'm sure that's a lot of food that maybe he's not supposed to be eating, he's he's old, he's like 60 years old, he slotted himself in the team, he was the captain, he, he, he played a good amount, I think he played more than half of the game, he played, and of course he was ineligible, so his team got punished, but to me, the funniest thing about this entire saga is that he played alongside his 21-year-old son. And everyone might be saying, oh, that's so cute, that's so wholesome, that's awesome. It is. But that is one of his 50 children. <laughs> he has 50 kids. This guy has 50 kids that he has claimed. He might have more somewhere that he doesn't want to recognize. This is incredible he is such a character he slotted himself into the starting 11 as a central midfielder i guess he thought he was pirlo for 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 the night and he played and of course his team got disqualified they lost 3-1 and then they're gonna get punished anyway because he wasn't eligible to play that's crazy welcome to Concacaf. <laughs> This should make a movie about this guy, man. This is crazy. It has this to be something. Cool. Yeah, there. I'm sure there's like something on Netflix or some something like that. But that's crazy, dude. I think honestly, I think that the craziest thing is that this dude has 50 kids. That's where do you find the time? You know. <laughs> Apparently, in what's what's the country that he's Suriname. In? Suriname. Apparently, in Suriname. Jeez, man. That's that's crazy. That is so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about the Champions League and I'm like, listen, I want to talk about something else. Let's talk about this other thing that I knew we were going to talk about Champions League or something like that for whatever reason. But isn't that crazy? Like, really? Really? And then the, there was also something that doesn't really have much to do with what he did this, these like a couple of weeks ago. But apparently in like 2005, he threatened his players at gunpoint. He threatened yeah, all of his. Say, yeah, he, I he think threatened. I read them. that he, he threatened his players because they weren't playing well enough. <laughs> yeah, 
Dude, imagine, imagine Jerry Roman Jones Abramovich. To, Jerry Jones, Roman yeah, Abramovich. Jerry Jones to the next level. Yeah, that's crazy. It makes Jerry Jones look like a very, very, very good person. And for those people who don't know who Jerry Jones is, he's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, a team that Chris doesn't necessarily like very much. <laughs> um, but some, some, isn't it crazy how owners of sports teams are just... They're crazy, man. Most of them are people that aren't necessarily okay up here, and they own the teams. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was nuts. Um, a few years ago, the NFL had a lockout, and it was it was crazy to see uh, what these owners were saying when they were like going against the players. So, yeah, and 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 like you said, you kind of see these guys, most of these guys, these NFL play, NFL owners own some soccer teams, like. The Glaciers own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Manchester United. Cronky mm-hmm. uh, owns the Rams and, and Arsenal. Khan uh, owns uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulham. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of it's kind of it's kind of like these quirky characters that translate through sports. Like you got to be some kind of some kind of work to, to own a team. <laughs> well, if. If that's what I need to do, then I guess I'm just gonna let myself go, dude. And then in like 20 <laughs> years, I'll I'll own the Bears and I'll own like I don't know, uh, Sheriff Tiraspol or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I think we had too much fun with this one. All right, uh, we're gonna take a short break, but when we return, we're gonna talk about super teams in football. We are gonna discuss what makes a super team. Are super teams really successful? Is this the, the, the newest super team in world football, PSG? Will they be successful this season? We'll be back after the break. Stay tuned. And we are back, Total Football Club. My name is Alex Perez. On the other side of this call, Chris Sued. All right, Chris. Let me, let me just ask you straight up. What, in your opinion, what defines a super team in football? Uh, a super team is, I, I would say, is a team where you look and they have an absolute world-class player at every position. Mm. Uh, a team that when you go, when they when they go into a match, they're considered to win. And if you think about it, say this, this supposed super team that I just said will go up against a Real Madrid or Barcelona or whoever team, insert name here, if they're expected to win, then yeah, that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about that Death Star type team where they're they're really stacked at every position and they're not that hard to find. It it happened uh quite frequently in, in soccer. Uh sometimes by luck, sometimes by homegrown talent, sometimes by uh some great free agent signings or transfers, and then sometimes it's a mix of all of them. So um yeah, it's 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 like I said, it's a world-class players, I would say at every position. Sometimes being doubled down on world-class players at every position, um, having a world-class bench. And you, we've even seen that as well. So, yeah, that's what I would consider to be a, a, a super team. Interesting. I I love how to the point and short, sweet to the point, because mine isn't necessarily like that, but it's like if you, if you have world-class players all over the place, if you have like Buffon and goal, and then you have like Chiellini and Bonucci, and in, in, in starting in, in, in the 
in the defense. Like, that's a world-class team. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a whole lot of sense because with me, the way that I, like, if I were to ask myself this question, which I did, that's why I have it on my notes. To me, you got to have three or more world-class players that aren't necessarily homegrown. So these are guys that you brought in. You're buying them. That's why you're creating a super team. And to break it down even more, to define what a world-class player is, these are guys that will start in their national teams without a problem. These guys are starters. Uh, they can play and start in any club in the world. Anyone would, would love to have them, and they're legends in the making. I, th- I think it's that's really what a world-class player is. And then going back to the super teams, if they are, if let's say you're doing a a preview right before the the league that they're about to compete in starts or a tournament that they're going to compete in starts and you automatically say yeah they're the favorites to win on if on paper they are favorites i mean it kind of goes back to what you were saying right they are a super team they are a super team and if they meet all these if they meet this criteria, that that is a super team. Um, so now let let's kind of talk about, or let's talk about the super teams in world football because I thought of a few. I couldn't really think of many based on my criteria. So I'm really curious, and I I'm I'm really excited to hear the super teams that that you are gonna talk about. And we we might have some in common, but please talk to me about the super teams that, that, that you thought about and that, and that you, you, you read about, or you watched. Uh, one that comes to mind is actually, it's a, it's a throwback. I would say it was like 2007 AC Milan. They had just an absolute squadron. If you, if you look at that team, it's like, uh, Claire Seedorf and, and, uh, Gennaro Gattuso and yeah. Shevchenko and uh, Nesta and, and, and Maldini and Dida and Cafu. It's like literally you look at that team and there's no forget no weakness. There's there's every player there is like you said is a legend. There was led there were legends in the making. So you look at a team like that and it's like you don't think about synergy you don't think about chemistry they're gonna win every game they're in because they're that damn good like i'm sorry that's just that's just the name of the game you can come in there with all the bravery and all the all the all the organization you want if you're a defensive team if you're if you're gonna come with a low block or they're gonna break through because they're that damn good um that that ac milan era if you if i even remember correctly they had guys like ronaldo they had guys mm-hmm. like Ronaldinho and David Beckham coming off the coming in alone and coming off the bench. Like it was a crazy team, man. And then their coach was Carlo Ancelotti, which was really, really important because I think that that's really uh, key to, to the success of these teams. While most of them, the talent alone is going to win it. Um, the one thing that I've seen in common for all of them is that they also do have world class managers. So that's a big, big thing to to winning that silverware and, and uh, completing that full circle. Um, another team that comes to mind is the Manchester United uh, 
team, I believe it was 2008, mm-hmm. in which they had Carlos Tevez, Wayne mm-hmm. Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rio Ferdinand, Nemanja Vidic, uh, Patrice Evra, uh, all these whole worldies. I mean, absolute legends. And, yeah. and, and, and Van der Sar, like all these guys that any team in the world would say, you want them? Yep. It doesn't matter what, what the cost is. You want this player? Yep. Because that, if you're trying to win games, these are the kinds of players you have. Um, and, yeah, I, I really think that if you really look back in history and you look at all these teams, uh, talent wins out. Talent wins out. They really they, – they, they're, they're too good to fail almost. And um, now will, will that translate with PSG? That's a different question because that's obviously the super team of today. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really think that in, in soccer you can get away with it, whereas in other sports you, you, you may not. Um, now, granted, these guys are human. You, you, can look at a Chelsea, you can look at a team like Chelsea last year and someone will say, that's a super team. They had Mason Mount and Tammy Abraham and, and Kyle Samore and uh, – Marcos Alonso, and then they added Ben Chilwell and Kai Havertz and, and Timo Werner. They're a super team, but they took some, uh, some time to gel. They needed a manager like Thomas Tuchel to come in. So there's some factors there. And I don't consider Chelsea, in the historical sense, to be a super team. Maybe not just yet. But um, I, I feel like in soccer, if you have enough talent, and you have the right mentality, you can really go really far, man. It's 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 tough to to argue otherwise. It's hard to disagree with that last point that you just made because you look at and let's just use the Champions League as a point of reference because that is what everyone watches and that's kind of the measuring stick in world football, right? So you look at I don't know, the last ten teams that have won the Champions League. You look at all the talent that these teams have. There's no there's no Ajax winning the Champions League as much as I love them because they are in a developmental stage, a lot of these players, or they're a lot of veterans. It's a lot of guys that are at the prime of their careers, talented, world-class players that can play literally anywhere. So, yeah, talent does win out. And, and I think we should be a little less afraid to admit that because we, of course, we all love the tactical side of the game. And, and if you're listening to this, chances are you do because that, that's, that's kind of what, what we are about. And, and we look at the game a little differently. So the, the tactics do matter. Of course they do. The manager matters as well. But if you don't think that the talent is the most important thing, then you're really just lying to yourself because because if you don't have and I'm not saying like just base everything on talent that's not the case at all I'm saying that if you have the better players you have a better chance of winning you have a better chance of winning the game of winning the the league of winning the Champions League of winning everything you have a much better chance with better talent um what about the Real Madrid, the the Galacticos, that everyone thought was probably the best team assembled, and they were. I mean, they had a lot of great, great players. Uh, Zinedine Zidane, 
They had David Beckham, Roberto Carlos, Ronaldo. They had uh, Robinho came in later Figo. on. Figo was there, of course. Um, but you see that. And, of course, they they did invoke a lot of fear in, in, in the hearts of their opponents. But I... I was looking at some of these super teams. By the way, that that was one of my super teams that that I thought about when preparing for this segment. The Galacticos, Real Madrid, that 2008-2009 Manchester United that that you mentioned. That's a great shout. Um, I look at this Manchester City. I look at this Chelsea. I look at this PSG. I look at the 14-15 Barca, the treble winners with Luis Enrique. Those are all super teams. But I noticed that the success for these super teams is split. It's a hit or miss. And that's crazy because it kind of goes against everything that we just said right now, right? But it's really a hit or miss. The Galacticos, they were assembled to win the Champions League every season for four straight seasons. They didn't win a single one. They just won league titles. And Barcelona won a couple here and there too. That Manchester United team, that great Manchester United team of 08 and 09, they won back-to-back Premier League titles, or I think they won three in a row, if you count the 06-07. They were a great team, and they won a Champions League in there too, but then they went to a Champions League final the year after to, to defend their title, and they didn't win it. But I do consider them very successful. I look at the Manchester City team. Manchester City, they've won literally everything that you can win, except for the Champions League. I wouldn't consider them a failure. No way would I consider that Manchester City team a failure. But they put this team together to win a Champions League. Right? We we can discuss that at a later time, and we probably have discussed that before. This Chelsea team, I think it's a little bit too premature to to talk about, about them being successful or not. But so far, so good. I will say that. So far, so good. Um... This PSG, everything but the Champions League. And and then Barcelona, that 14-15 team, yeah, they won a treble, but then they only had domestic success after. So to me, it's really a hit or miss. Um, just because you have the best players doesn't necessarily guarantee that you will win everything. It puts you in a much better position. We said that, but it doesn't guarantee that you will win everything. And it, it goes back to something that you said, and that to me, it's very important. If you have the right mentality and you have the right coach and the right attitude, and of course, if you have all that talent, you're going to make it a lot easier for yourself. But I just, I think that super teams are hit or miss. And this PSG team might be proving my theory. I think the the main of the three things that we said the talent yeah talent definitely has like the the biggest percentage of the pie but the manager definitely comes next and I think that's the main this the main determinator between what we're talking about here cuz those Real Madrid teams while they were great do you know who their manager was you see yeah 
Yeah, you you're right. Like, I know. I know they had Benito Floro for like a season. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But, but then, but then you think about Manchester United, and they have Sir Alex Ferguson. They, of course, they're gonna. Of course, they're gonna bang. Like, there's no that that, that chance gets yeah. gets really midgeted. So, um, then you think. I mean, but yeah, I, I'm not trying to say Manchester City are short with Pep Guardiola, but. It's just sometimes you need a little bit of luck. Like with Chelsea, with Manchester City, they were they were probably the best team last year, you can say. But Chelsea just got the better of them on a certain night. And sometimes that happens in the Champions League. That's why we love that tournament. But um, those teams, you can't say Manchester City isn't successful, you know? And that's not what you said at all. I'm just, mm. it's, it's really tough sometimes. Uh, but you know there will be people that are going to say that. Of course, of course. Cause, <laughs> and cause that if are they don't win the it. Champions League, yeah, if they don't win the Champions League, that, that, that project, I mean, Manchester City won Premier League titles before Pep got there. Now, yeah. are you gonna are you gonna say Pep Guardiola was a failure in England? Of course not. Oh. Or you're gonna say his, his project was a smashing success if they don't win the Champions League? I don't think you will. It's gonna be really tough because how we measure these guys, it's a result-driven uh, uh, career. Yeah. So I can love Frank Lampard as a guy. He's this one. It's a great guy. He won me so many titles as a player. But if he doesn't win titles, he gets fired. Yeah, Chavi, Chavi can go to Barcelona, like we said, and and if he doesn't win titles, he's gonna get fired. It's it's this that, that job is really really hard. So sometimes the difference there is the manager. You look at look at a team like Bayern when they won the treble in 2013, right, mm -hmm. or 14, mm -hmm. whatever that yeah, year was. 13, 13. Um, their coach, Jup Jup uh, Heinkes, Heinkes, yeah, uh huh, Jup Heinkes, what, uh -huh. yeah outstanding manager the guy who's who got a guy who's managed a crazy amount of teams really successful teams his manager at real madrid managed really big personalities went in there uh, uh took over for that team and they looked they looked they were a machine so sometimes when you i feel like when you have the right guy like we said earlier when you have the right guy and you match him up with that personnel that's really too good to lose it 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 You're not, I'm not going to, like you said, you can't guarantee they're going to win it all, but the, 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 the chips are heavily stacked in your favor. With this Real Madrid team, I think that's the difference there in the manager. I think they have a really, uh, how do I say, trendy pick in, in uh, Mauricio Pochettino, right? Yeah. He hasn't won anything. He hasn't won anything. And last year, what's what's the bare minimum for a PSG team that win, that buys every player you want in in every transfer window? No, you so win you everything win, domestically. That's that's the yeah, bare minimum. Bare minimum. I mean, Laurent Blanc, you can consider him a failure. And if you look, we look back at Laurent Blanc's <laughs> tenure at PSG. He won every single domestic trophy every year. He just didn't win the Champions League. So. Pochettino last year, that was a given. He couldn't, he couldn't win the chat. He couldn't win League One last year. He coughed it up in, in, in the last day to, to, to Lil. So this manager, man, I think until they make the change, I, I sit here unconvinced, just like you. I don't think they're going to win the Champions League this year if they stay with Pochettino. And let me ask you this. How about this? Beautiful say transition, make, by the way. Because I was, I wanted to talk about PSG, but that's beautiful. Go ahead. Say, say PSG get all these players that they bought in the summer, right? 
And they had Thomas Tuchel as manager. He, he didn't win the Champions League with Chelsea, but they had Thomas Tuchel as manager. Wouldn't you feel a lot more confident in PSG right now? Like, I feel like they would be the, considered the heavy favorite, where right now, I, even though they have, probably have the most talented team, I don't. I consider the Champions League wide open. Yeah, especially when you see PSG dropping points to, to Nantes. I think that's the team that, that, that they dropped points to this past weekend. And I also see the performance against Manchester City. To me, it was incredibly lackluster. But you look at the, at the score, you look at the stats, and, oh, Messi scored. Yeah, let's all party because Messi finally scored for PSG. He opened up his tally. It was a great goal. Don't get me wrong. I, I was very happy for him. But that performance was very lackluster. And I texted you during the game. I'm like, Chris, I really wanted PSG to succeed. But then I remembered who their manager is. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? But I have hope that maybe PSG, and I'm not a PSG fan by any by any stretch of the imagination. I don't identify at all. I just wish Messi Messi the best because that's my favorite player ever. But if PSG looks in the history books and they see what Chelsea did last season and they replicate it, maybe like same time, January, February, something like that, and they, they replicate it, they're aggressive cutthroat they let go of the guy that isn't necessarily doing them good and they bring someone better then we are having a completely different conversation but as of right now it's hard to disagree with you Mauricio Pochettino I'm sorry man like I I thought that he was a different kind of manager and he's showing that he's not so yeah maybe with Thomas Tuchel maybe with oh here we go here we go Maybe with Zinedine Zidane, there would be a, a lot more confidence around this PSG team. I mean, even even uh, let's throw some names out there. Pep, not not names that are going to take this job, but just names in general. Mm -hmm. Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, mm -hmm. uh, Tom Stuckel, like we said, mm -hmm. Zidane, Conte, any of these world class managers that have actually won things. Um. You put them at PSG and they're the overwhelming favorite. PSG didn't look good in a win against Manchester City. They really didn't. Um, no. They, they got, got really lucky with the early goal, were pressed back against their, their, their post against them for the whole game, and then relied on Mag Messi Magic to, uh, to, to, to bail them out. And they dropped points in the weekend, and it didn't surprise me because that's, that's reminiscent of Pochettino's Tottenham. Literally, it's, it's a weak-minded team that, that doesn't, isn't there when you expect them to be and may get a, a good result here or there and look really good doing it. And they're not even doing that right now. So, yeah, I, I until they make a change, I, I remain unconvinced. And, and that's the problem right there with PSG, that they have the same mentality that Tottenham has. You can't. PSG is aspiring to be a European champion. Tottenham is playing a Europa Conference League. And even when Pochettino was the manager of Tottenham, they were never favorites to win a Premier League. They were never favorites to win a Champions League. Yeah, they might have finished second in that 15-16 season. 
But it's because Chelsea had a bad season. Manchester United had a bad season. Manchester City was having a bad season. So, that, in my opinion, that is the biggest success that Mauricio Pochettino has had as a manager. Finishing, finishing second. second. <laughs> finishing second. Both in the Premier League and in the Champions League. I will say this. I, I, I will give him a little more credit for finishing second in the Premier League than in the Champions League. But still, that is his biggest accomplishment, finishing second. And listen, there are a lot of teams, a lot of managers that would kill to finish second. To be, to, they, they would kill to finish in, in a Champions League spot every season. But when you are the head of a project as ambitious as PSG's project, finishing second, you're literally the first to lose. And that is not acceptable by any stretch of the imagination. No way. No way PSG should be accepting that. And I just think that he doesn't really have the power to control the egos. Because there's so many egos. The day that we're recording this, today's Monday the 4th, Kylian Mbappe came out and he talked about wanting to leave PSG in public. He just talked about it. He just said it. If there was a true leader, and I'm well, I'm not that's a little harsh on Pochettino, but if there was a different kind of leader in this PSG locker room, someone would have told him, Killian, shut your mouth. Don't say anything. You're gonna cause a lot of problems. There's gonna be a big rift. Keep it behind closed doors. Don't say anything. Let's just let's finish this season off. We have a lot to play for. But it comes down to the manager because he's the he's a leader of the locker room and he's not doing a great job managing these, these egos. You hear Gianluigi Donnarumma already complaining about not playing, dude. It's October. It's the first week of October and they're already falling apart. I don't think this is going to end well if Pochettino rides out the season. If Pochettino is still manager of PSG in May. Forget it. PSG isn't going to win a Champions League. They might not even win the league title. And it showed last season that they are capable of finishing second. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll see what happens. I hope uh, I hope they make the change. We were really looking forward to them as like the Showtime PSG. <laughs> Showtime uh, Lakers, yeah. Yeah, and they're not that, man. I mean, even when they get a result, like they don't look good. So I hope they make the change and, and bring in somebody good. Zidane would be great for them, I, I think. Yeah, just to bring like order. Pedigree. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Like, yo, what are you going to tell me about this? I won three consecutive Champions Leagues, so shut up, Mbappe, you know? I feel like someone needs to slap Mbappe on the wrist. Like, dude, shut up. You still play for PSG. Neymar, too. (laughs) Neymar needs, like, a couple of slaps, not necessarily in the (laughs) wrist. Maybe, like, papa, you know, because that guy is something. Um, I just hope Messi doesn't become one of those. I think he's too old to become that type nah, of yeah. person. Messi looks so freaking noble. <laughs> he to me, he looks a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know. I think he looks a little bit like, like even when he's playing, he's probably like, oh, these guys are fucking children. Like, why? Well, but whatever. 
what i mean he made his choice there's no going back right um but yeah is there should have went to chelsea that would have been crazy (laughs) that would have been crazy that would have broke everything right (laughs) yeah another nexus event oh my goodness (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) we can only hope we can uh, well that would have been fun to see to see um messi in the Premier League, that would have been pretty cool. But I don't know. Part of me was a little disappointed that that he went to PSG because like, oh, like PSG really. But anyway, is there anything else you want to add about super teams? Uh, anything, anything on this? Maybe something that you forgot or did you did you mention at all? No, I'm I'm I can I can sit here and ramble all day. I'll talk about the Golden State Warriors and and, and all that. So we we keep at it. But yeah. Um, no, nah, just, 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 they can do it. Like, I hope, I hope PSG makes a change at manager because that's the big thing with all these teams. Like we, we did our research. We saw there's, there's, there's been a bunch of teams constructed over the years that really have a lot of talent. But if you don't have the right guy, and it's usually, like you said, like they, we, they're usually talented enough. So it's the right, the right leader of, of men. And that's what you were trying to say with Poach without offending him. Cause if you're a coach of that, caliber you're 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 a great coach obviously but it requires a special type of guy to to lead men so i hope they i hope they find the right guy because i don't think they have it right now well there's that psg super teams my goodness this this season is a big test for psg all right we're gonna take another short break when we return we're gonna talk about our favorite fifas of all time this one is gonna be very very fun stick around we'll be right back and we are back chris let's finish this episode off with a bang because fifa 22 came out this past weekend here in the united states at least i know there are some places some countries in the world that don't necessarily get fifa the same day that we get it But with that being said, I want to talk about our favorite FIFAs of all time. First of all, you said you haven't purchased FIFA 22 yet, right? Not yet. Me either. I'm going too soon. Okay, good, good. I think I might might get it sometime soon too. But Black Friday, there's always like the EA Sports games are always like 50% off. So I might wait until Black Friday because I don't really play that much. But Chris... What's your favorite FIFA of all time? Or what are your favorite FIFAs of all time? Uh, no, yeah, now you made it easy for me because it was really tough to choose one. If I had to choose one, I think the the universal, I guess, opinion is that like FIFA 15 was just the immaculate game. Like it was it was perfect. It had everything. It had Leo Messi on the cover. He was mm-hmm. still in action. So it wasn't like these like like group shots. Like I, I hate the new cover. Yeah, that's weird. Killian Mbappe, he's like looking up at a wall or something. It's like so weird. Um, the cover was sick. The gameplay was sick. It was so much fun. Uh, I played that one a shit ton. I played like, oh my god, I played all day at night. Um, and I played against my friends. I feel like I taught people how to play on that on that 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 uh that game. And yeah, that's I think that's definitely the 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 the, the runaway winner. But um, 
FIFA, I believe it was FIFA 2007 with Frank Lampard on the front was the one that got me into FIFA. And I remember that being so wide open where uh, I barely knew the rules. I was just watching like, um, I just, I was just watching like World Cups and I remember watching Brazil and stuff, but I wasn't really like fully into the game. You could say I was like a casual back then. And it was my, it was uh, me and my friend, and he used to pick Barcelona all the time. <laughs> and all you heard was Ibrahimovic, Drogba, Ibrahimovic, Drogba. So it was so wide open, and I just remember like having so much fun. Um, we just picked it up because his Madden stopped working. We, were, we we used to play Madden all the time, and his Madden back in those days it was PlayStation Two, so his disc yeah. was still scratched up because we played so much that it just stopped working. He's like, well, I have FIFA. Do you want to try it? It should be close like to Madden. <laughs> and we and we played it. It was so much fun. It was like, he, he, I think his family got him another Madden or he got like another Madden on sale and we just never played Madden again. Like I think FIFA legit retired Madden for me. So oh, I would have no. to say that that FIFA, no doubt, has a special place in my heart. And it, it just so happened, like, that's what made me like, Who's Drogba? He looks like this, this, he has like a ponytail. He's a big, like imposing striker. I'm scoring a lot with him. The Chelsea logo looks cool. Like, um, then the, then the Nike commercial came out and he was in it and he had a, he had a hard cast on his hand. So I was like, dude, this guy's just the man. So that like really propelled like my Chelsea fandom really. And it just so happened that Lampard was in the front wearing a Chelsea shirt. So it's like, that has it was to meant be. to be yeah like even though fifa 15 was like i guess the best gameplay like that that fifa has a special place in my heart interesting i feel like there's a lot of people that got into the sport because of fifa and they understood the rules because of fifa so that that's incredible i love hearing those things um so that what Fair to say, what FIFA Seven was like the first FIFA you played? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. It was a one year, I believe. It was a. Correct me if I'm wrong. When was Zlatan Ibrahimovic on Barcelona? Because that was the uh, year. Oh, you're talking about FIFA 2010, I think. Is it 2010? It was, yeah, so it was right before, Frank Lampard. That makes sense because it was right before the World Cup. Yes. It, so then it had to have been, yeah. So like FIFA, maybe it was like FIFA nine, FIFA 10, one of those mm-hmm. two. But yeah, I for sure Frank Lampard was on the cover. I remember that. Yeah, I was like, it was Dude. FIFA ten. Yeah. Oh man, so much fun! I'll look it up right now, so I'm not looking like an idiot in front of in <laughs> all of this. All right, FIFA ten. Uh, yes, it was Frank Lampard, Wayne Rooney, and in the North American cover. Oh my God! Wait, okay, the North American cover was Frank Lampard, Sasha Klekstan from Chivas USA, and Cuauhtémoc Blanco, the wow. one of the best Mexican players ever. That is so funny. <laughs> That's crazy. I I remember this game. I played it on the PSP. Um, Sick. Yeah, dude, I had a PSP. The, the, it was the PlayStation Portable. I don't want anyone to fucking think some stupid shit. Um it, it, I'll explain it after. It's a it was a running joke in it when I was when I was like twelve, um, but yeah, I would take that game everywhere. Dude, FIFA Ten was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. 
uh i i definitely enjoyed that but uh to me nostalgia aside the best fifa that i've ever played was fifa 14 on the ps4 because it was that transition from the ps3 to the ps4 to me it was from the xbox 360 to the ps4 right i remember that christmas my dad gave me a a, a ps4 and i got fifa i got madden um i don't remember what what else but it was the it was christmas 2013 i think that's that's when i got my ps4 um and i remember looking at the graphics and i remember playing and how crisp and how smooth all the players would move the animations were great i loved 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 the shots of the outside of old trafford and stamford bridge i'm like it's not gonna get any better than this is it and i was kind of right <laughs> it kind of yeah. hasn't gotten any better since then the game's kind of been the same but that game was incredible i remember playing it on on christmas day i didn't leave my room until my parents were like all right come on let's go downtown and look at the tree i'm like no i want to play fifa leave me alone <laughs> you know um that i love that game i absolutely love that game there was a, a feature, if you remember, on the PS4 and Xbox One where it was like the FIFA World Cup Ultimate Team. I didn't really play it that much. I didn't really play it much at all. But I know my brother, my brother was like eight when, when that happened, but he loved it. He would play it a lot. Um, and he talks about it a lot, too. But a nostalgia pick that I'm about to make, and I, some of the people listening might be like, What? FIFA 04. That's the first FIFA I ever played. That was the first FIFA I ever got. Who was on the cover? It was Ronaldinho, Thierry Henry. No, I think that that was the year. It was like two years after, I think. It was like the first. I I didn't even play that one. I saw my friends play that one. Like, that was like the first FIFA I've I've ever seen, like, gameplay. And I was like, yeah, I don't understand what's happening. (laughs) The one with the choice, like, FIFA 07, 08. I think it's 08. No. I think so. Yeah. I could have been that late because I, I I would have understood it by then. I think it was a little earlier. Yeah. I was, like a, I was like a freshman or a sophomore. What year were you a freshman? 2005. Oh, so you're talking about Osvaldo Sanchez on the cover. Oh, shit. Yeah. No, no. There's definitely one with Ochoa. I remember one with Ochoa for sure. There is one with Ochoa. Yeah. It was like two years after. Okay. And then he was on like I think he was like on two, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, FIFA 05, that game was beautiful too. I loved it. The, the, the soundtrack was beautiful. But then um, FIFA 04, I remember I I got that. I don't know if I got it for my birthday. I think I got it for my birthday. I got FIFA 04 along with a PS2. And I was the happiest kid alive. It was It was so much fun. And I fell in love with FIFA. Then I was, I was what, like six? I think I was six when I got it. I can't believe my parents were buying me a fucking PlayStation when I was six. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I I was six when I when I got FIFA 04. And at the time, I was an only child, so I would play against the computer. Or sometimes I'd be like, oh, mom, do you want to play with me? And I was like, sure. And she would just like move the joysticks. Like, 
You know, and like she didn't care. Me over here, like, oh my god, mom, I'm beating you like six nothing. And I was like, yeah, I guess you are. <laughs> like, come on. But yeah, FIFA 04. And then there's this song, FIFA 04. It's called Jerk It Out by the Caesars. Oh, that song is amazing. I love that song. I listen to it once in a while on my way to work or doing whatever I have to do. I love that song. It takes me back to easier days where there was no bills. There was no responsibilities. My only responsibility was to not get in trouble in school. And even then I would fuck that up sometimes. But I loved it. FIFA 04, unbelievable. FIFA 14, without the nostalgia, a very, very, very good game. FIFA 15 was a lot of fun too. It was a lot of fun. The career mode was so much fun in FIFA 15. I play a lot of career mode. Um, and FIFA 15, I think that's the most fun I've had in a career mode. FIFA 16, ass. It sucked. So it was, <laughs> it dropped. It dropped a lot. But yeah. Oh my goodness. Dude, you have a PlayStation, right? Yeah, I do. Definitely oh. do. Dude, we should, whenever we both get FIFA 22, we should like get on and play. Yeah, that would be fun. I have, dude, I play with like, well, I haven't played since FIFA 20. Like, I played 21 the other day, and I, was, I still got it, so I'm confident. Nice. But I played FIFA 20, and I was playing, um, I think it's called Seasons. And okay, I would play yeah. with, like, 10 people all at once. And then oh. we got, a, like, a group chat, and then when some one person, all it needed was one person to, like, I'm on. Then, like, in a blink of an eye, 10, <laughs> 10 of these Brazilian guys are on there just yelling oh, at me to pass the rock. Dude, it was... It was a lot of fun, and I, I hope to, to to get it back in 22 because uh, all my friends play FIFA over here. It's like, obviously, it's the freaking like best game in the world, even though yeah. it's the same game every year. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah we should definitely play. I, I'm, I'm, that's like that's like one I can't deny. Like you can hit me up, and I'll be dead tired. Or I'll be doing something. And if someone says, "Do you, you want to play FIFA right now?" It's like, ooh. Definitely do. Let me see if I can if I can work my way over there. Exactly. Let me move my schedule around so I don't get in trouble over here and I can play and you know yeah. it's gotta work out somehow, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome, dude. Well, thank you all so much for listening. This was a lot of fun. I feel like we covered a lot of topics and, and we definitely had a whole lot of fun. Chris, anything you wanna add before we we wrap this episode up? Uh, everybody enjoy the games this week, just like every week. Uh, I believe I can't remember any matchups from this upcoming week. I'll, I'll give you that. I'm drawing a blank. Usually, I got a marquee matchup for everybody, but everybody. It's enjoy. a FIFA date, and you don't care. Yeah, I know. I want to play FIFA really bad. I'm. I'm it's actually my my birthday next weekend. Or, oh, or you're next right. Week, so I'm planning everything this week. Like, so I'm not even thinking about what games, but. I know yeah. whatever game it's going to be on, I'm going to tune in and be happy because everybody enjoy it. It's it's always a pleasure to watch these games, especially right now. The Premier League so much fun. Well, what, what I meant when I said FIFA date, I meant like international break. It's an international break. And that's oh, no care. shit. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and, and, that yeah. actually makes more sense than anything. Well, I get to play FIFA now for sure because, yeah, forget that. I'm not watching these international games. Nobody cares. I care. Um, no, no, I don't want. I don't want more international breaks, man. We already spoke about this. You're right. I can't, I can't take these qualifiers, man. 
You're right. You're right. Listen, man. Mexico and Canada play on Thursday. I oh, know I have. Fun, at least. I know I have better things to do, but I'm gonna watch the game. I don't care, dude. I'm gonna watch it, even though the Rams and the Seahawks play. For any NFL fans out there, Rams Seahawks Thursday night football this week. I'm still gonna watch Mexico and Canada because I'm that person. All right. <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much. I'll see you next week. I'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening. Take care. Enjoy the international break. Or don't. Just play FIFA if you want. And let us know. <laughs> and let us know how FIFA 22 is. If it's good, I'll buy it. If not, you guys can pay for it. And let me know what you think. All right. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.